but this morning we want to go ahead and get into our study. We got a nice breeze, but I know it's also getting hotter. So John chapter 8, if you have your Bibles with you, open up your Bibles to John chapter 8. I'm going to begin reading uh, verse 31, and I'll read through verse 36. And I got to take my sunglasses off or I can't read anything. Jesus is in Jerusalem at this time. He's teaching the multitudes, and the religious leaders are coming against him. But in verse 31 of John chapter 8, we do read, Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And they answered him, We are Abraham's descendants, and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? And Jesus answered them, Most assuredly I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. And let's pray. Father, we do thank you for this time of year. We thank you that we can be here at this time and uh, out here in the warmth and um, and also to those who are inside to be able to make it in fellowship with us and those online. But we are very grateful for the blessings that we have uh, in our nation. And Lord, we also know that there needs to be a turning to you. But we want to take the words of Jesus and really understand what it means to be free as we celebrate our freedoms, uh, this Independence Day coming up, but, Lord, what it truly means to be free in eternity, uh, on this side of eternity, living for Christ and abiding in Christ. So we just commit this time to you in the study of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. It is the, of course, weekend of uh, 4th of July, Independence Day more formally, coming up on the 4th in a couple days. And it's one of my favorite times of the year because it's summertime. Uh, the middle of summer, the days are long. Uh, it's nice to be able to get out and uh, get out in our beautiful state, do some camping, do some fishing. Uh, there's fireworks. Uh, do you realize that on the 4th of July, more watermelon is consumed than any other day of the year? And also, the record for spitting a watermelon seed is 71 feet. So maybe somebody can break that record this year. But also on the 4th of July, more hot dogs are consumed than any other day. More mosquito spray is used than any other day. And the mosquitoes have been bad this year, haven't they? And uh, we tried to spray the grass this you know, week, so hopefully it's not too bad out there. But as we go out and we've had a wet year and the mosquitoes are there, and, and it's just a matter of time before you get bit by a mosquito. But when you get bit by one, remember this. And think about this, mosquitoes have 47 teeth when they bite you. It's kind of interesting, isn't it? So we celebrate the 4th of July, Independence Day, with picnics and parades and races and fireworks. We remember the birth of our nation, our independence, the freedoms that we have, and we should never take those freedoms for granted. We should always be praying for the men and women that are you know, protecting our way of life, that are in the military, are our first responders that protect our community. And we're a big supporter of them here at Calvary Chapel. 
And perhaps as we come to this place on this morning, that we can't be concerned of what we see obviously going on in our nation, the direction of our nation. Uh, it, it seems like perhaps you might be thinking, and, and certainly we can say it, uh, that we're losing our freedoms more and more. Uh, we are losing our religious freedoms, it seems like, more and more. That Christianity is under attack, and I think that it may continue as we get closer to the return of the Lord. And we realize that we need to pray for our nation. We need to pray for our leaders, and we're commanded in Scripture to do that. For a spiritual awakening, because I do believe that that is the hope of our nation, to be to, to return to the Lord, to return to biblical principles and truth. And as we pray, we need to ask God, Lord, intervene in, in our nation and intervene in our culture. But this morning, I want to look for a few minutes what Jesus has to say about really what it means to be free. Because there are many that are in our nation and many that we know that are linked to us in our lives that they're not free at all. And I'm speaking they're not free spiritually. They're not free in their soul. They're not free emotionally. There is a bondage that has taken place, a, a captivity, a, a slavery to something that has taken place or has a grip on their heart and on their lives. There is bondage that takes place because they're buying into the deception of what culture is telling us that we are to accept. We live in a day, and I think that you would agree, that we say that evil is good, and we're calling good evil. And we're moving more in that direction to where there's such a decay morally, spiritually, and, 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 and um, you know, uh, just our nation as a whole, because we've gotten away from the Lord. There is a slavery that is being taken place in people's lives because they're buying into that deception. And Jesus here, he's talking to the religious leaders. He's actually having a dispute with them. When you open up John chapter 8, that Jesus is in Jerusalem. The multitudes are there. He's teaching the multitudes. And all of a sudden, these religious elite and, and leaders, the Pharisees in particularly, they bring this woman that they throw down in front of Jesus, caught in the very act of adultery. And the law says, teacher, that she is to be stoned, and what saith thou? And Jesus stooped down, he wrote on the ground as though he didn't hear them. But they kept pressing him and, and kept uh, asking him, what do you say? And Jesus would stand up and he would say, you who are without sin cast the first stone. Now, a lot of us know that account and that story as we open up John chapter 8. But then those religious leaders began to drop their rocks uh, one by one, and they left. And there is Jesus standing there with this woman that was accused. And he would say to her, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? And she said, no one, Lord. And Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. She looked into the eyes of God himself. And he said, I don't condemn you either. Go and sin no more. Go and sin no more. And here Jesus, as the religious leaders are coming and they are questioning his witness, his witness of the Father, his authority that comes from the Father. They didn't like that he called God his Father. He says, I do no works apart from my Father. Uh, I only speak what my Father, uh, you know, has me to speak. I speak truth and I am truth. And as we read here in verse 31, Jesus said to those Jews who believed him. So he's teaching. The multitude is there. And as they are there, Jesus uh, is, is 
teaching the truths of the kingdom. And he says to those who do believe, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. I wanted to remind us of this, that God's word is truth. It's absolute truth. And there are those who will come along and they'll say, well, the Bible contains truth. And when you hear that, that is wrong. The Bible doesn't just contain truth. The Bible is truth. Amen? From Genesis 1-1 to Revelation 22-21. And you see, Jesus is saying something very important. The words that I speak are, are truth. And you are to abide in my words. Abide means to stay connected. It means that you are to not only hear the words of Jesus, but you are to do it as well. Remember at the end of the Sermon on the Mount. When we look at the wisdom of God in the book of Proverbs, uh, the book of wisdom, you go through that. But wisdom is just not having a head knowledge of it. It's in your heart, having it worked out in your life. So we're told to abide in his word, abide in his love, abide in him personally. And always keep this in mind. If you talk to somebody who challenges, well, you can't believe the Bible. Or only part of the Bible is true. And it's usually the parts that they like uh, to bring forth um, and pick, you know, certain verses to apply to the deception or, you know, just being able to do what they want to do and live the way that they want to live. But all scripture is given by inspiration of God, and all means all. And that means that we can trust God's word, inspired, God-breathed, put to the page. It is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. So he says that those who abide in my word are going to be free. You shall know the truth, the one who declared to be the way, the truth, and the life. And the truth is going to set you free. And then they respond. It's interesting, as we read in verse 33, they answered him, We're Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to every, anyone. How can you say you will be made free? As we read this, they're saying and boasting, and religious leaders would do this, that we're descendants of Abraham. And they had good reason to, to you know, in a way boast because they had the, the covenant promises is what I'm saying. Um, they were ones that were blessed uh, as a nation because being descendants of Abraham, having the promises, they had the scriptures, they had the promise of Messiah, they had the prophets that came, and, and they had all the advantages in that way. But they would boast about being Abraham's descendants, being far from God. And you and I, we have reason to be thankful for this nation as well. We can be thankful because I believe God put forth this nation for his purposes over the last, you know, 200 plus years. And God has used this nation, founded on biblical principles. We've had an incredible history and accomplishment. But here, the religious leaders, it's interesting. They said, well, we're Abraham's descendants. We've never been in bondage to anyone. Really? What about 400 years in Egypt that you're in bondage? What about the days of the judges? When you read the book of Judges, it's a period of 400, 450 years. And the theme of the book of Judges is they did what was right in their own eyes. Does that sound familiar today? That people are doing what they think is right in their own eyes, and they would end up in bondage to one of the Canaanite tribes. 
And we know that the Assyrians, in, in their history, as you read the Old Testament, they would come and take the ten northern tribes of Israel in 722 off into captivity. And then in 605 B.C., the Babylonians, the house of Judah. And then even as a small remnant came back into Jerusalem, that the Persians, the Medes and the Persians ruled over them. The Greeks ruled over them. Alexander the Great. And, and at that time, it, Jesus is here. And the religious leaders, as they're coming against Jesus, how can you say that we've never been in bondage to anyone when the Romans were in power? And the people were looking for the Messiah to come and free them from Rome. We know that from the triumphal entry as they're waving their palm branches and laying down their clothes. It was a symbol of political freedom. We've talked about that in the history of all of that. And they were expecting, according to Luke's gospel, for the kingdom of God to be ushered in, that he's going to come and usher the kingdom. And blessed is he, Hosanna, who comes in the name of the Lord. And the sky's going to open up and angels are going to descend and the Romans are going to get theirs. How can you say that you've never been in bondage to anyone? We say freedom reigns. We fly our flags. I fly mine. I'm proud to do that. We're proud of our nation. But we also know that there are things that are terribly wrong. And we can make the argument that it seems like that we're losing our way. We're losing our freedoms. We're, we're losing our decency. As a nation, seeing people in bondage, they're in bondage economically. Our nation is in bondage. $31 trillion in debt. How do you get out of that and continuing to be in debt? We know that, again, there is this atmosphere of we are going to continue down a road that is really a decline morally, spiritually immorality being embraced and, and all these things that we see around us, the violence, alcohol, you know, drugs are at an all-time high. People are, are so confused and they're upset and uptight and people in their hearts are addicted to all kinds of things, pornography. There's a lot of problems that are happening in our nation today and it seems like that there's no answer to it. We know the answer is Jesus Christ, right? That is the hope of our nation. It is not in any man. It's not in the political system. Now, I know that the elections that will be coming up and the issues are very, very important. But please, Christian, understand this and keep a proper eternal perspective that our hope is in Jesus Christ and a spiritual awakening. Amen? People turning to the Lord. We need to pray, Lord, help us. Lord, move in our nation that there's repentance. And as people are, are finding themselves in bondage because they are buying into and believing the lies of the world and of our culture and the deception, and we're going to talk about that more in detail when we go in Colossians chapter 2, as Paul writes, listen, in him, Christ is hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And don't be cheated by philosophy and traditions of men and the ways of the world. And if we embrace the ways of the world and what culture is telling us that we are to embrace, then you and I are going to be cheated. That's why it's important for us to know the word of God and abide in his word. So Jesus here is saying, 
okay, you, you think that you're free? Well, as we read in verse 34 here, that he begins to speak to the religious leaders. And he says, most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. And therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. You think you guys are free? You're not free. You're not free because you don't know the truth. You don't know me. You're not accepting me. And most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave to sin. Always remember this. If you're involved in sin, if you're involved in carnality, if you're involved in prioritizing and pursuing the ways of the world and the pleasures of the world, you will be in bondage. You will be enslaved to it because the Bible says that. And Jesus was not going to, at this time, free them from the slavery of Rome. He was going to free them from the slavery and the bondage of sin. Because it was a short time after this that Jesus would take that cross. And he would go to that place of execution. And he would die for sinful humanity. So that we can be free from the penalty of sin. From the power of sin. And that we can live on this side of eternity in true freedom. Knowing the truth and abiding in that truth. But ultimate freedom as we have the promise of eternal life. And people oftentimes, and I pray that we would never fall into this, but Christians can, that we think that I'll be free or I'll be fulfilled or I'll be happy if I have this or if there's a change, you know, in, in government. Listen, I, I pray there is a change. I'm not saying that those issues are not important, but ultimately it is one who is trusting in Christ and resting in his love and looking to him and moving forward in the things of the Lord. It is being free from all the junk and the mess of the world. And as we live for him, truly we'll experience that freedom. And we'll be free from sin when we live for the Lord. Listen, I implore you. Paul would say to the church, I implore you. He's saying, I plead with you. If you're involved in sin, stop. If you're in compromise, that you know the word of God says it's sin, stop, please. If you're involved in carnality, stop, please, because the Lord loves you, and he wants what's best for you, and the world comes along and says, it's okay, and God just wants to restrict your life, but this is the love of God that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. Every commandment of God given to you is an expression of his love, and is not to burden your life, but is to what? Free you. You want freedom? You want to experience life the way it was meant to be experienced? And particularly, this is for all of us, for you who are young. Because you're going to really get the pressure, compromise, accept what culture is saying. You know, accept this. This is what's popular. You know, otherwise you're not tolerant and you're being inclusive and all of this. Listen, we are to love others but we are to love them in truth and speak the truth in love. Don't compromise. You stand for the Lord. You live for the Lord. You live for the Lord. And you will find that you will experience true freedom. Listen, all of us will serve something or someone, every single one of us. Have you ever talked to somebody, I don't believe in God. You believe in something. Those of us who are old enough, the old Bob Dylan song, you know, everyone worships something. And it is true. 
Everyone will worship something. And whatever it is that you worship, get up and motivate you in life and excite you in life is the priority of your life. You're going to become more like that. And if it is the world that you're prioritizing, you will become more like the world. And if it is sin, it's going to enslave you and do you in, and it's going to eventually wipe you out. That is a deception of the enemy. Have fun. Not a big deal. Everybody else is doing it. You know, uh, don't, don't listen to the conviction of the Holy Spirit. You don't need to be all this religious person. Listen, Christianity is not about religion. Religion never saved anybody. It's about your relationship with him, the one who loved you so much he went to that cross and died for you. Everyone serves someone or something. So the question this 4th of July is who do you truly serve? And I believe that many of you, if not, I hope all of you that are here can say, we are going to serve the Lord. I think about Joshua at the end of his life. He would address the people. And he would say that if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which is your fathers and serve that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. Uh, to fear the Lord, serve him in sincerity and truth. But as for me and my house, you know the verse, what? We will serve the Lord. Amen. I pray for every single one of us that are here. I pray for you who are parents. I pray for you who are, are the head of your home, guys in your home that you say is for me and my house. We are going to serve the Lord and we're not going to compromise. And we're going to live for Christ. And you'll find yourself moving forward in true freedom. Because the world and sin and carnality will just put you in bondage. You know the truth. And the truth is going to set you free. But I just, as we close very quickly here, I know it's getting warm. But I was thinking this is more applicable and very real to me. As uh, Pastor Luke said that mom went home to be with the Lord on Friday. And therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. You know, we are truly free because we're free from the penalty of sin. Because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. My mom is not in heaven because she was a very loving, very caring, very sweet, very nice woman who loved her family. Who worked very, very hard. Those are good qualities. But she's not in heaven because of that. It's because of her faith in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ and him crucified. That's why we have a living hope because of what Jesus Christ has done for her personally. And she is with the Lord. And I just want to say thank you, first of all, for those of you who have just gotten a hold of us and expressed, you know, your um, prayers and your thoughts. And um, we really appreciate it. We are doing well. We're doing well. We miss her already. But we're very, very grateful that she is in heaven with our Lord. She's with my dad who passed of Alzheimer's, you know, 13 years ago. And it's been a long, long journey with my parents and with my mom. But God has been good and he has been faithful. And we stand on that living hope, as Peter says, through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's not a dead hope. It's a living hope. And so I want to thank you for your thoughts, your prayers, your notes, um, just... Uh, all of that. But I want to thank you for more than that because she loved this church. She did. She loved being here. She loved being here with you and 
and you were very kind to her. And that was one of the things she really struggled with, you know, towards the end and didn't understand in her Alzheimer's is why can't I go to church? Why can't I go to Calvary Chapel? I don't think she remembered I was the pastor anymore, but she did remember you. And she expressed that. So I want to thank you for your kindness to her and to our family. And it, it, it meant a lot to her. She remembered it clear to the end. But we, you know, as we were just, we're trying to debrief and just slow down a little bit. And, and uh, because, you know, it has been a long journey. And, um, but it is well in our soul. And we will grieve, like all of us. And some of you... You've been through a similar, you know, journey with your parents. I know some people in the fellowship, and we are praying for you. Some of you have gone through that journey, and many of you have expressed that. And so there's a the fellowship that's there. You know, Paul says, oh, the fellowship of his sufferings. And when we go through something similar, there's a closeness. We can understand each other and empathize with each other because of the difficulties. But whatever that you go through, and whatever, you know, loss or challenge or season of life that's hard, you know, it's important for us to support each other, to pray for each other, to encourage each other. You know, this is a family. And we are family. And it's getting more difficult in the days in which we are in. But let's keep moving forward together. And let's encourage each other and pray for each other. And to understand this, that we have freedom, true freedom, uh, we are going to be free. My mom is free from the disease and all the suffering and is with our Lord. And someday we're all going to be together. Amen? I can't wait for that day. I can't wait for that day. And in the meantime, let's keep running our race. Fight the good fight. Let's be praying for our nation. And you walk with the Lord. You walk with him. And as you do, you're going to experience life the way it was meant to be lived, that abundant life and joy and peace. Don't be in bondage to the world. Don't buy into the deception of the world. Let's, let's walk in truth and walk with him in Jesus' name. Amen. So, Father, we thank you. We thank you for this important message. We want to understand what freedom truly is spiritually. And that is abiding in you, your word, your love. And I, I thank you for this church, uh, the love that is here, and the support. And, Lord, um, as we are family, that we would continue in supporting one another and encouraging one another. We pray for our nation. We have much to be thankful for. We don't want to ever take for granted that we're able to meet here in freedom because of those who defended those freedoms. We pray for those who are currently standing watch our military, those men and women that are there to defend our ways, our nation, our first responders. Lord, we're thankful for their good work. And Lord, I do pray for this nation to repent and turn to you, that there would be a spiritual awakening, that there would be leaders as we have a election coming up we know it's important we pray that there be godly leaders elected that we would stand and have our voices heard for righteousness but to remember this that we do belong to a kingdom that will last forever and lord that may we stand on truth and be a light in this dark world and i do pray for anyone who is here 
that if you've never made a commitment to Jesus Christ, he loves you, and he came to free you from sin, the penalty of sin. See, all of us have sinned, fallen short of the glory of God, but Jesus, who lived a perfect life, the Son of God, went to the cross and made atonement for your sin. He rose from the grave. He's alive. The tomb is empty. He validated what he did on the cross. And the invitation is for you to come in faith, to, to repent, turn to Jesus, call out on the name of Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. He loves you. Do not follow the world because it will lead to death. Jesus has come to give you life and life eternally. And you can do that right now. Come in and as you humble your heart in sincerity, praying, Jesus, I come. And I ask that you forgive me of my sins. I believe you died on the cross for me. Forgive me. And I ask that you be my personal Lord and Savior. And I thank you that I get to live this new resurrected life. And I thank you for this new beginning and bringing me into the kingdom of God. And I do want to know you more and walk with you all the days of my life in Jesus' name. Lord, bless our fourth. Keep us all safe. I pray that you'd just bless those who couldn't be here, who are traveling. And Lord, we just commit them to you. And Lord, I just pray that we would always be thankful for the spiritual blessings that we have with you and the freedom that you bring to us in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. Hey, God bless you.